Hello and welcome. These are some sermons given by Monsignor Rosito from the years 1995 to the year 2016. Enjoy. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ According to St. John At that time, Jesus went forth with his disciples beyond the torrent of Cedron, where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, since Jesus had often met there together with his disciples. Judas then, taking the cohort and attendants from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all that was to come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Now Judas, who betrayed him, was also standing with them. When therefore he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way that the word which he said might be fulfilled, of those whom thou hast given me, I have not lost one. Simon Peter, therefore, having a sword, drew it and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now the servant's name was Malchus. Jesus, therefore, said to Peter, Put up thy sword into thy scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? The cohort, therefore, and the tribune and the attendants of the Jews seized Jesus and bound him. And they brought him to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who had given the counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. But Simon Peter was following Jesus, and so was another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the portress and brought Peter in. The maid who was portress said therefore to Peter, Art thou also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. Now the servants and attendants were standing at a coal fire and warming themselves, for it was cold. And Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest therefore questioned Jesus concerning his disciples and concerning his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where all the Jews gather together. And in secret I have said nothing. Why dost thou question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. Behold, these know what I have said. Now when he had said these things, one of the attendants who was standing by struck Jesus a blow, saying, Is that the way thou dost answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken ill, bear witness to the evil. But if well, why dost thou strike me? And Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. 
But Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They therefore said to him, Art thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Did I not see thee in the garden with him? Again, therefore, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a cock crowed. They therefore led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium. Now it was early morning, and they themselves did not enter the Praetorium that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Pilate therefore went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They said to him in answer, If he were not a criminal, we should not have handed him over to thee. Pilate therefore said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews then said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. That was in fulfillment of what Jesus had said, indicating the manner of his death. Pilate therefore again entered into the praetorium, and he summoned Jesus and said to him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Dost thou say this of thyself, or have others told thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thy own people and the chief priests have delivered thee to me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would have fought that I might not be delivered to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Thou art then a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest it, I am a king. This is why I was born, and why I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went outside to the Jews again and said to them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you wish, therefore, that I release to you the king of the Jews? They all therefore cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Pilate then took Jesus and had him scourged. And the soldiers, plating a crown of thorns, put it upon his head and arrayed him in a purple cloak. And they kept coming to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him. Pilate therefore went again outside and said to them, Behold, I bring him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus therefore came forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak. And he said to them, Behold the man. When therefore the chief priests and the attendants saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he must die, because he has made himself son of God. Now when Pilate heard this statement, he feared the more. And he again went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where art thou from? But Jesus gave him no answer. 
Pilate therefore said to him, Dost thou not speak to me? Dost thou not know that I have power to crucify thee, and that I have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou wouldst have no power at all over me, were it not given thee from above. Therefore he who has betrayed me to thee has the greater sin. And from then on Pilate was looking for a way to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou release this man, thou art no friend of Caesar. For anyone who makes himself king sets himself against Caesar. Pilate, therefore, when he heard these words, brought Jesus outside and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Thustratus, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the Passover, preparation day for the Passover, about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. And he handed him over to them to be crucified. And so they took Jesus and led him away. And bearing the cross for himself, he went forth to the place called the Skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the center. And Pilate also wrote an inscription and had it put on the cross. And there was written, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews, therefore, reading this inscription, because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Greek, and in Latin. The chief priests of the Jews said, therefore, to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. The soldiers, therefore, when they had crucified him, took his garments and made them of them four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven in one piece from the top. They therefore said to one another, Let us not tear it, but let us cast lots for it, to see whose it shall be, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now there were standing by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister Mary of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Mm -hmm. Now there was standing there a vessel full of common wine, and having put a sponge soaked with the wine on a stalk of hyssop, they put it to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had taken the wine, he said, it is consummated. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit.
The Jews, therefore, since it was the preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a solemn day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers opened his side with a lance, and immediately there came out blood and water. And he who saw it has borne witness, and his witness is true, and he knows that he tells the truth that you also may believe. For these things came to pass that the scripture might be fulfilled, not a bone of him shall you break. And again, another scripture says, they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. Now after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, because he was a disciple of Jesus, although for fear of the Jews a secret one, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave permission. He came therefore and took away the body of Jesus and there came also Nicodemus, who at first had come to Jesus by night, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes in weight about a hundred pounds. They therefore took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in linen cloths with the spices after the Jewish manner of preparing for burial. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. There, accordingly, because of the preparation day of the Jews, for the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus. This is the Easter Vigil Mass, and the reading is taken from the Epistle of Blessed Paul the Apostle to the Colossians. Brethren, since you have risen together with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your heart upon things above rather than upon things of earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ our life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the reading according to St. Matthew. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene came with the other Mary to inspect the tomb. And suddenly there was a mighty earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. He came to the stone, rolled it back, and sat on it. In appearance, he resembled a flash of lightning, while his garments were as dazzling as snow. The guards became paralyzed with fear of him and fell down like dead men. Then the angel spoke up, addressing the women. You have no reason to be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus the crucified, but he is not here. He has risen, just as he promised. Come and see the spot where he was laid. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and now goes to Galilee ahead of you where you will see him. This is what I have to tell you. 
so far are the words of this holy gospel. Set your heart upon things above rather than upon things of earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. These are words taken from the beautiful epistle of tonight's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, do you know what you have done? Do you realize what has been done for you? We try to catch a glimpse of the divine. The heart of man is not satisfied on this earth, nor in this life. And he seeks to go beyond his human condition in one way or another sometimes pursuing riches and wealth, sometimes pleasure in a form of happiness that is so elusive, nothing completely satisfies. Sometimes seeking wrong religions in the pursuit of the divine in esoteric ways. But there is this reaching for the divine. Christ has come to give us exactly this. To give us back again the Holy Trinity. And it is not merely a thing of wishing, but it is a reality to be accomplished. And that is caught in one word, that accomplishment. And that word is transformation. It is more than just a change. Things are always changing. We seek changes from the routine. But transformation is more than just changing. It is an elevation. It is really a restoration. That which was lost has now been found. But it is like a treasure map. We know the way, but... We have yet to follow it. And this is not by going to some unknown island and extracting some hidden treasure that has been left there. But it is where we are, wherever we are, to find the treasure at hand in the richness of God's transformation of our life from death to life from darkness to light, from sin to holiness. This is the message of Christ. But it is not just man's accomplishment. It is the work of God and of man. So I ask you, do you know what you have done? Do you know what has been done for you. We've been taught from catechism days the lessons of our faith, 
And we memorize those answers in order to be able to qualify for First Holy Communion, for confession, for participating in the mysteries of the Mass. But do we understand? Do we ever get to understand, no matter how old we get, what we are taught of God? There is a secret mystery. And it is this exchange that we try to understand. The world has its own answers for exchanges, but Christ has given a singular kind of change. And this is what our religion is all about. This is what this night is all about. This is what your life is all about. We don't have to tell you something new. We repeat again and again the same old truths. But as if spiraling round and round this staircase that rises higher and higher, we see the same things again and again, but from a higher vantage point. That is, if we make progress at all. Sometimes we can descend this spiral staircase in reverse and lose what we have. But if we are dead to sin with Christ, then we are to seek the things that are above to rise higher. And it is the work of man, but also of God, to exchange our fallen condition for the divine condition that is found in Christ, born of a virgin mother, living on this earth, giving us the example, but also the doorway to sanctification and holiness. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But then how do we find this exchange? Some say by faith alone. We know the Protestant ethos, the basic theology that Christ covers us, so we have nothing to fear. But it is more than that. We must have the following of Christ without failure, without turning back in the footsteps of Christ up Calvary to the crucifixion. If we are to have a resurrection, if we are to have this exchange, if we are to find this transformation, there can be no resurrection without first a crucifixion. Spiritual writers talk about the night of the soul, the dark night that souls pass through one way or another. Sometimes it's a traumatic experience, sometimes it's a great suffering, financial loss, the death of a loved one. But there's an emptiness that takes away from us all that we had hoped to be our fulfillment. What is there to take its place but a darkness? And it seems so strange because this is the mystery. The darkness itself is light, though it seems dark to us. And the light we had was darkness, though it seemed light to us. The things of this earth. Peter, you are a scandal to me. Get thee behind me, you Satan. Our Lord told Peter after he had promised him the primacy. When Peter said, you will not go to Jerusalem, you're not going to be put to death, I will prevent you. 
And our Lord scolded him. He said, You mind the things of men and not the things of God. And so we ask, How do we find these things of God? The answer is that God must reveal them to us. For we cannot see with our earthly eyes nor with the capacity of our human understanding. We need the gift of faith, the supernatural power that penetrates the human reason to a higher wisdom, to a deeper knowledge. And this is what Christ accomplishes within us if we surrender our minds to him. Dost thou believe that I can do this? He asked. Yes, Lord. I believe. Help my unbelief. Be it done according to your faith. And so we cooperate. And Christ accomplishes. But not without our cooperation. And so we go through the dark night of the soul, the dark night of the spirit. And we say with St. Peter, Lord, we've given up all these things. My business, I was a fisherman. Uh, we've given up our family. I've left my home. What are we going to get in return? And our Lord tells him, fair, an fair question, a fair answer. You have given up father, mother, sons, daughters, lands, countries for my sake. You will receive 100% in this life. And in the next, life everlasting. This is what we ask of Christ. I left all things for you. I live in the world, but not of the world. I seek not pleasures, I seek not wealth, I seek not honor, but I seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, if we do, if we truly do. And this is why we must orient our attention, focus our sights on the kingdom of God. Since you have been raised together with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. St. Paul tells us, Set your heart upon things above rather than upon things of earth. And when you do this, though it seems you're giving up everything, then you begin to get what God offers you. Eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what things God has prepared for those who love him. How great is our love? How much do we give to God? Part of our lives? Much of our service? Most of it? Not until you give all. Can you receive all? By what measure you measure, by that measure is it measured to you. How often I've said these things, repeating these little gems here and there scattered through the Gospels, the good news. And like precious stones, you must pick them up and look at them carefully for them to become your own. I possess it, and I tell you, like a treasure map, where you can find the same, and you must learn to possess it for yourself. So with this conviction, you are willing to make the sacrifice and then find that it's not all that hard. If your faith is strong enough, to show you the exchange. There's a funny little joke that is told about the rich man who wanted to take his wealth with him. And he made a deal with his guardian angel. He said, I have all this money. I've transferred it into gold to make it 
compact, and I want it to be buried with me, and I want to take it to heaven with me. And the angel says, you can't. But he said, I plead with you, please, make it possible. And so the angel said, all right, then we will make it possible for you to take your money with you to St. Peter's throne for judgment. And when the man died, indeed, he was buried with his gold, and he was able to put it into the suitcase he carried with him before St. Peter. And St. Peter said, yes, your name is listed here, but what do you have in the suitcase? And he said, look, and he opened the suitcase. And St. Peter said, what are you doing with all that pavement? The streets of heaven are paved with gold. What are we taking with us except our place that we have earned that is more than gold or silver or anything precious of this earth? So I asked, do you know what you have done? Have you traded in what you have for something better? You know, the exchange rate for heaven is very favorable if you want to give up the things you possess for the things you're going to get. So we want to go beyond the limits of what is human. We see in the newspaper, on television, all those who run after the treasures and the pleasures and the glories of this life. And what do they have? But more misery. And the emptiness of their false lives and their ways, and their speeches, and their clothes, their automobiles and homes. But our Lord had nowhere to lay his head. And he had no money in his purse. He had no one to be truly faithful, except a very few. So uh, if we want to find a new life, we must be willing then to die for that life. Not to die and give up everything that we possess, but to exchange it. There's a death in an exchange and to receive in return something much, much better, if only we believe and truly hope and give God our full love and obedience, as Christ did. Obedient unto death, even to the death on a cross. And God lifted him up. And he rose again. And he came back again. No longer the mortal Christ, but the refulgent Christ. Glorious. Impassable. No longer to suffer or to die. For all eternity. To be at the right hand of his Father in heaven. As the human nature of Christ, joined to his divinity, is seated as the treasury of all the possessions of God's creation, so he prepares a place for us in this transformed kingdom, not of this world, but of God. So let us give up the make-believe of the false and empty promises of this life to read the lives of the saints. They were not perfect, but they had faith. They saw a reality that no philosopher could grasp, they had an inner wisdom that came because God gave it to them since they gave their minds to God. 
and he filled it with a knowledge and a wisdom and a sense of values and a practical common sense and a reasonableness that is not of this world. So this is what St. Paul is telling us then tonight. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's true. We have the Blessed Sacrament. We have our Lord in Holy Communion. We have the Holy Mass. We have the virtues and the gifts and the powers of the Holy Ghost. The seven gifts, the virtues, the graces, the fruits that are available to us. And this is the treasure that you cannot hold in your hand or measure with your eye. But it is a spiritual reality of a supernatural kind that God gives to those who overcome So therefore, set your heart upon things above rather than upon things of earth. When Christ, our life, appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. May this Easter be such a transformation, such an exchange, without fear, without counting the cost, to die with Christ in order to rise with Christ. And then you will know what Easter really means and it will be yours forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.